as lines. As boys' lines. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Welcome once again to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am Derek Charles Johnson, uh, the host of the podcast, and so glad you can join me today. These podcasts are an extension of an online ministry I have um, it's called As Bold as Lions. And if you're a brand new listener, um, I just a little bit background about myself. I'm a worship leader, a singer, songwriter, and a podcaster slash blogger. And at my website, DerekCharlesJohnson.com, you can learn a little bit more about me and uh, this ministry. And um, you can also, while you're there, sign up to be on my mailing list. And from there, you'll receive a monthly blog. The As Bold as Lions blog has shifted now from a weekly format to a monthly format uh, once a month. But I'm still doing two devotionals a week. So you get those on uh, Mondays and Fridays. And then the blog of the month on the very first Wednesday of the month. So... All that just setting up a little bit of background. I'd love to have you check it out. And uh, everything that I do here from the podcast to other things online, things that I write, uh, music and songs that I record, praying that it all brings glory to the Lord and that through this people are encouraged and inspired and equipped in in their faith and to, to go deeper. Um, something I should have mentioned last time, which I didn't, was the... The number of podcasts. This this is the number um, number fifty one. But last week was fifty. Uh, kind of a milestone in terms of just doing this podcast. Now um, don't want to take any victory laps or anything. But just kind of cool that we've been able to do this um, some fifty times now. And um, yeah, hoping for many more. Uh, as I've kind of alluded to and 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 made note of. Uh, the, the shift for me this year is to do a little bit more in this realm, um, to take this on kind of as a weekly type of thing as much as I can. There'll probably be a few weeks where we just don't post or release a new podcast because of, of certain things. I'll try to kind of build that into my calendar. But uh, for five years, I'd, I'd been doing a weekly blog and, and posting that and, sh- and sharing it online sharing it through the, the email list. And as much as I enjoy doing that, that's, um, that's a lot of just preparation and kind of behind the scenes, just getting content built out and, uh, kind of, um, just felt at the end of 2021 and into this year to, to, to make a little bit of a shift in terms of my approach to what I'm doing. And the podcasts are honestly a little bit less, um, 
they're, they're a little more stripped down. They're a little easier to just kind of um, put some, some things together, basic outlines, and then to record, hit, hit record, and then um, upload and everything. So, um, you know, it's, it's a balance of, of both, but I, I, I feel like this is where I'm, I'm, I'm meant to be and, uh, and to do this a little bit more. Hopefully that's something you resonate with. I, I guess if you're listening to this, um, if it's your first time you're deciding, do I keep listening or I just kind of fast forward to the end or, um, <laughs> you know, and hopefully you'll stick around. Um, and if you've been here multiple times, well, there hopefully is something that you're that is drawing you to come back and, and keep listening and and so I appreciate that. Um, we are in the very start of a, a series that um, I'm, I'm excited to share with you. I'm excited to look at this book of James because there's just so much there. And last time we looked at James chapter one being steadfast under trial, talking about some of the outworkings of our faith, um, looking at uh, this idea of double-mindedness, this idea of faith having and needing to have action, um, being uh, doers of the word and not hearers only. That's all in in chapter one. And there are um, themes that, that kind of resonate throughout the book of James as well. And so we are taking a, uh, a chapter uh, a week, a chapter for each episode. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that if you haven't um, already. And uh, just kind of to, to get that foundation, there's a little bit of uh, introduction to James there that we, we mentioned as well that just um, kind of sets the stage. But this week, as we look at chapter two, um, James is continuing with some of these themes. He's, he's going into... Um, going into it even even in a little bit more in depth um keep in mind though that that it, this is a kind of a holistic idea as as we look at the book we we kind of see things in terms of chapters and, and different designations but those things weren't there when the book was written they're they're more just um something that came later as a means of, of dividing up and, and bringing a little easier navigation, um, things like that to the books of the Bible. So don't be thrown off when it's like, well, chapter one is this and chapter two is this. Like James wrote this whole thing as one just long, uh, piece and it was meant to be shared and, and, um, and to go out and kind of be received as all one, uh, one long message. So as we do, go into chapter two, it's, it's uh, clear that James is interested and concerned with um, ethics within the body and with morality. And he's looking, at, as we discussed, the, at the outworkings of our faith in Christ. What does it mean to, to be a Christian? How does believing in Jesus change us? What marks us um, in terms of behavior and conduct? Um, what words do we choose to speak or not to speak? A little bit more um, on that in the next episode, talk about the tongue. But diving in again, let's draw out some main themes and really just allow James to bring us to a, a sense of, of Christ's heart and his priorities for us as believers. Um, and if it's helpful for you, uh, I would certainly suggest to have your, your Bible open to James, to, to, to have chapter two in front of you. Um, but as we go in, the uh, first point that, that stands out to me is that there is no room for partiality in Christ. 
James 2, verse verse 2, says, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And James, um, he outlines this whole scenario of, of a rich person versus a poor person coming into one of the fellowships, into, into a church, I would, um, I guess, to, to say. And it's a scenario where we can, we can almost um, imagine actually having taken place. Perhaps it was an ongoing issue within uh, the church. And those are coming in. There's those that are coming in with kind of all decked out and the fineries on. They've got uh, gold rings and fancy jewelry and nice clothing. And they have a special place reserved for them to sit. And it's kind of like they're rewarded simply on the basis of being rich, on the merit of you're a rich, well-to-do person here. Please sit here. This is a very um, uh, highly uh, esteemed uh, place to, to sit and it's reserved for you. And for a poor man who comes in, however, there's, there's no kind of elevated seating place. It's a lesser position for him um, seemingly because he's, he doesn't have a lot of benefit for, for the church or the, the members in general. He kind of comes in and, and is relegated to, to sit somewhere on the side or in the back or whatever. So you, you can kind of imagine this um, playing out in, in your mind and James is seeing this partiality going on, and he's he's hitting back at it pretty hard. He's rebuking those who would would treat the rich in this way and the poor in this way. And further, he's he's saying, you know, the rich are are the ones that they're not worthy of any sort of special treatment. In fact, you, you've got a lot of these rich people that they'll they'll turn on you and and pull you into uh, into court and and bring up charges against you and pursue frivolous lawsuits. It's, it's these rich people that are, that are doing that. So my question as I read this and trying to apply this into our own present day uh, churches and, and settings, it's uh, how do we see this? How do we see this here in the here and now as well? And I'd say certainly the the poor among us can be kind of seen as these bottom feeders as well, that we we don't really think they're worthy of a lot of attention. And, you know, poor uh, Joe, he's 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 not able to bless the church too much or or give much financially. He's uh, not able to support us here. But, you know, if he wants to come, great, whatever, you know, but we, we have this going through our minds of like, what's, what's the benefit from, from this person versus somebody else? And how do we kind of elevate one while not really giving a lot of attention to the others? And I guess it's convicting in my own life because I, I know, you know, I'm not, I'm not supposed to make that call. You know, who are we to judge and, and to, put value or worth on, on someone in the kingdom versus someone else. We're, we're not to do that. And, uh, I'm reminded of, of Jesus in Luke 21. He's talking about the widow, um, the widow's might. She's putting in her offering and, uh, it says there, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. This is in Luke chapter 21, uh, verse one. And he saw a poor widow come in and, and put two small copper coins. So some just very meager offering that she puts in. 
And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. And just uh, the reminder that we don't know what's going on under the surface. We don't know what's going on with the the poor or more downtrodden person, but they're you know they're able to still give out of just the uh, the the leading of the Holy Spirit. And and a lot of times we we don't see that, and we we want to ignore that honestly. So much of this is an avoidance. Um, for me, it's an avoidance to just judge based on the outside or, or even judging at all. Um, not allowing appearances, social status, wealth, and so forth to be the measuring stick of one's worth within the body. Partiality is still going on today, and it's something that the Lord detests. I believe we can do better. The The lesson here in James, and this is clear that this is something that's uh, near and dear to his heart, is that you can't have these two, two different audiences come into your um, your fellowships and into your meetings and treat them differently. They're, we're all the same within Christ. We're all um, we're all at, on a level playing field, and and you know we need to be reminded of that. There's no partiality within the body of Christ. Second point in this second chapter of James is that the law of liberty frees us to pursue Christ in all matters. Looking at verse 12 and going on to verse 13, so speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. James continues to speak of this sin of partiality, and he reminds his audience that if this is a stumbling block, um, even if this is, even if a person keeps the rest of the law, but they're stumbling in this area, that person still is in sin. He puts it this way, for whoever keeps the whole law, but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So basically, Sin is still sin. It doesn't matter if you're doing all the right things here, but you're uh, on the other side. You're doing doing this other thing. You're 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 still uh, in error. And this idea of the law of liberty, which is really the law ushered in through Christ, this is something that frees us to keep the whole law and to abstain from evil in every way. And furthermore, we we speak and we act as those who are to be judged under the law. Of liberty. Has Christ shown us mercy? Yes. Are we then to show mercy to others? Yes. And this is done in one real way by, by not being partial, not being uh, putting up these, these boundaries of, of who's better and who's worse. And it's done by treating others as, as we were treated by Christ. He didn't judge us according to our merit. Thank God. And it's hypocritical for us then to judge others based upon merit or to some arbitrary measuring stick that we we set. And we all know we've seen very bad examples of this within the church, and it still happens. And I guess in my own life, I have to look inward and and just say when I'm when I'm quick to judge another Christian, 
especially ones who are maybe newer in their faith or they're, they're kind of rough around the edges, uh, I, have to, I have to say, you know, does God love that person? Well, yeah, he, he does. And it's, it's not my place to, to judge them. Um, I can pray for them. And I can be a light for them. I can allow myself to be, hopefully, an example to them. But this law of liberty is, is a beautiful thing, and it allows me to to see that my own standing in Christ is based upon nothing that I have done. It frees me up to love and to keep the rest of God's commandments while not looking over the fence at my neighbor. And James is concerned with, with ethics as believers, and he's con- concerned with just how do you live out and and how does the faith that you profess actually play out on a day-to-day basis? And and that's in relationships is, is a huge one. And this is what we're talking about here. The, the kind of the ways that we treat others, the way that we, we treat somebody better than somebody else just because of what we're tempted to maybe believe or, or, um, to, to have people on a ledger sheet of, of good and bad. James is concerned about that, and, and we should be as well, that we're doing the right thing. We're treating people as, as Christ has, has treated us and, and, and his example throughout Scripture. So, talked about the uh, need for no partiality in Christ, the, um, the law of liberty which frees us up, to pursue Christ, to to fall after him. The final thing that I see in chapter 2, and it's a carryover from last week because he, he had already started talking about this, and all this you can see it just kind of fits together. This third point is faith without works is dead. Verse 26, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. You know, perhaps what the book of James is most famous for is this idea of faith without works being a dead or empty type of faith. And uh, we can see through some of the examples he gives, it's like not feeding or clothing or giving shelter to the poor. Um, again, that he, he probably has some real life experience with this. He's, he's seen some of this and he's trying to reconcile in his mind, like, this is who we're supposed to be in Christ. These are some of the things that are supposed to come out of the faith and what we do, but I don't see them happening. Verse 14, he says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. What good is that? That phrase just kind of leapt out at me as I was preparing these, um, this outline and going through these points. And it really gets to the heart. Um, perhaps it's a theme that, that we consider as we move through James. What good is my faith without some sort of examples of it on display, without some outworkings where you can point to and say there's some evidence for it? Yeah, what evidence is there that I am in Christ? 
Does anyone know? You've, you've probably heard this old quote. Uh, if you are on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Well, would there? And you might say, well, Derek, uh, you know, is it just about clothing and, and just kind of feeding the poor then? Do I need to be more socially aware as a Christian in order to say that I, I'm in Christ? You know, I'd say in response to that, those those are all good things, but but that's not the point. And I can see where the church has championed social causes, you know, over the years to... And somehow uh, a way to say our faith is evident, to just kind of focus on that and, and, and the, the social gospel type of thing. And really there's, there's a caution that must be there as well, because sometimes the gospel takes a backseat to someone who is, is trying to be more socially aware, socially um, uh, conscious of, of, of things. And here's where the balance, I think, comes in. Faith is something that motivates. Faith inspires and puts into action a desire to be used because that's where the Holy Spirit starts working. Faith wants other people to know this Jesus and wants to use the gospel as the vehicle. James uses faith as a motivator, yes, to bless others, but it was also on display when Abraham obeyed God to the point of being willing to sacrifice Isaac. He talks about this. And it was there with Rahab. Remember Rahab, the prostitute in the book of, of Joshua. She hid the spies. That was faith that motivated her to take that action. And faith leads people to take action. It may look different for each one of us, but nevertheless, the action that comes out, the decisions uh, made are motivated because of a love and trust for the Father. And this happens each and every time. You know, as we wrap up today, it's these words, uh, a dead faith, in quotes, a dead faith, that leave a haunting impression upon me. It's the mark that I never want to have upon my own life. It's the identity I never want to see in my home or pass along to my kids. To be known as a Christian outwardly, in name only, but without any display of something beyond just the title of being a Christian, I, I don't want to be known for that. And I don't say this to, to chastise anybody who's listening to this. I don't say this to con- condemn anyone. And I don't think James is, is trying to do that either. For him, it was, it was important to connect the dots for his audience. And I assume living in his day, it wasn't a whole lot different than our own. A lot of, kind of bench warmers in the church, a lot of folks just kind of sitting on the sidelines and watching, but they're not willing to get in the game and and start scoring some points. We can train about uh, things. We can, we can talk about the game, but for a lot of us, we, we can just avoid ever really getting in there getting, getting our hands dirty, get touching the ball, trying to, trying to be part of it. And we can circle out of this stuff all day long, but Really, 2022 might be a year that God says personally to us, enough is enough. It's time to display some of these actions of an Abraham or a Rahab. I know those are some pretty heavy examples, but that's what James gives us. It's time for action beyond just words. 
Guys, last week I, I read that reading from this book is trying to take a drink from the fire hose. And each, each week as I prepare these episodes, it's, it's the weight of him saying so much in just a, a few short verses. There are just some central and recurring themes. And conduct, our conduct in Christ, that's a big one. And if I'm pointing the finger at anybody here, it's, it's at myself. Again, just looking at the mirror. And so what I hope you do from this is you take some time to self-evaluate as well. That's a personal thing. That's between you and the Lord. And, but I think it's necessary, and I think we should be doing it. And from there, to, to be encouraged, to, to realize that God's not done with you. He loves you, and he wants you to trust him. James is written under the assumption that, that we will trust him, that we will step out that we will see our faith as needing to have some sort of action steps. Because if we really believe what we believe, it's going to come out. It's going to be on display. People are going to see it, and it will be evident. So let's take some bold steps of faith this year. Let's be bold in in Christ because... What do we have to lose? We have this one life. We have these, these one few opportunities. Let's make them count. Guys, um, that's, that's where I'm coming from today. And with this podcast, if you've listened for any length of time, you know, as bold as lions, I'm, I, I can't just put that out as a, as a title and, uh, and then just preach some real, uh, share some real soft, um, lighthearted messages. I, I, I can't. And it needs to be all the more so as we get closer and closer to the Lord's return that we're challenging one another and we're saying, stay sharp, stay in the word, stay focused because there's going to be a lot of things that can come in and distract us and get us off course. A lot of things that when we look back, we'll say that was a waste of my time. Why did I spend so much, um, emotional energy, minutes, days, whatever, wrapped up in that when I needed to be focused on this and I needed to be doing the Lord's will. So that is my encouragement to you. And I, um, I'm, I'm looking in the mirror saying it right to myself as well. Let's close with Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, knowing that this is um, our charge as well. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, until next time, take care. We'll talk to you again soon. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share. And head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.